What up, what up, what up, everybody? This is the Dr. Football Around the League podcast. This is the edition of the podcast where we look outside and away from Foxborough to places far beyond lands where football is still relevant and meaningful. And we talk about those teams because we know that isn't happening in Foxborough. Joining me as always, the CEO of Hedge Better, Justin Fine. Justin, what's going on, my friend? How are you? Oh man, I'm good. It's another another rainy Monday. Lots to talk about from around the league. Another interesting weekend of football. A great, a great weekend of football this weekend. It's, the stakes are getting high, and uh, lots lots of good games to talk about. So let's start. Um, let's get right through it um, because I know we have limited time. So we're gonna we're gonna keep it moving today. Um, my my opening take this week, Justin, for for the Around the League podcast, very simple. Um, I'm wondering. I'm looking around the league and especially at the AFC and I'm looking at who's winning in the AFC. I see what Buffalo did yesterday, how they won, not only that they won, but how they won against Dallas defense, run the ball, Baltimore. We talk so much about Lamar Jackson. I don't think we've mentioned Baltimore's defense once this year. They have the best defense in the league. They're winning with defense. You even look at teams like Cleveland and Indianapolis, right? Winning with defense. And even the Chiefs, who we saw in Foxborough yesterday, not the same kind of Chiefs team that we've seen in years past. Miami, they score a ton of points. They can't beat anyone. They can't beat anyone that has a winning record. The teams that are winning and the teams that are that are that are competing this year are doing so with defense. Are we back? Scoring is down across the league. Unders are hitting more times than they were before. That's why Vegas is raking it in this year because the unders are hitting and betters like to take the over. Are we back to defense wins championships, Justin? I don't know if we're back to defense wins championships, but I think we're in like a brief maybe stint where defense wins championships. And and I say that because, you know, obviously there's some really good defenses around the league, but it, it to me, it's, it's an indictment on the quarterback play. You know, it, it's, it's the fact that, you know, you, you look at, you know, in the last couple of years, you've had this exodus of some of the all the all time greats and in, in some of the, the the staples of this league for the last two three decades. You know, exiting, and it's like there are not a ton of you know guys in this league when you really look at it, and especially this year, right? You know, you look at you know Joe Burrow's been hurt; he's done for the year. Kirk Cousins is off to a great start, done for the year. Aaron Rodgers done for the year. Deshaun Watson done for the year. Um, Derek Carr has been hurt. Like you, you, you just go around the league, and it's like there's uh, there's just so many uh, like gaps. I think it 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 quality quarterback play, and I think you're seeing that. Like I, th- I think even before all those guys got hurt this year, it was somewhat of a thin field at quarterback, and I think now especially that some of those top guys are hurt, you're seeing offenses struggle, and you're seeing quarterback struggle. And if you want to look around the league. I don't really know how just how many teams can say that they have a solidified franchise quarterback. So I think that's a big part of it. I bet is a big part of it. But what about the offensive line play being so bad across the league? Like the Patriots are not the only team with offensive line issues. It's like a trend across the league. And I think it's a big part of why the pendulum has kind of swung back to defensive football this year, which is totally shocking because they have done for, for the last 20 years everything possible to support and facilitate offensive football, rules changes, everything, right? 
you know, from everything from making the ball out of like more bouncy rubber, right? They've done everything to make it offensive football first. And the pendulum swinging back to defense now. No one has an offensive line anymore. It's crazy. These pass rushers are getting after these quarterbacks. Part of the bad quarterback play is the fact that none of these guys have time to throw the ball. Yeah, yeah. You are seeing a lot of guys under pressure. And honestly, the the poor offensive line play has been some of the reasons why some of these guys haven't been able to stay healthy. Um, I don't know. Man. I really don't know what it is because it's so funny because, like you said, the last couple of years – the league has been trending and trending and trending heavily towards a high-flying offense. And not just a high-flying offense, like a high-flying passing offense, like specifically, right? Um, and so, yeah, this year it's just been, I, I think, a, a, a complete step back. And uh, and I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know if the defenses are getting better. I don't know if the, the quarterbacks are getting worse. I don't know if the the offensive like discipline and coaching is getting isn't as good. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but you're right. There is something up with the offenses this year. I think I think to a certain extent it's that defenses the like, teams have found the cheat code, which is you bring in these like quick edge rush edge rush guys that get after the passer. Those guys are more valuable than ever now. And I think that's kind of the cheat code towards combating the modern passing offense. And I think that's a big reason why. But but I think it's going to be an interesting postseason, if only for that reason, which is like you're going to see a, a really physical defensive football across the league and certainly in the AFC this year. All right, Justin, let's move on. Uh, it's um, week 14 now. We'll be in the books after the game tonight. I think it's time to start thinking about who's going to be the MVP of the National Football League. And I want to hear who your MVP MVP pick is, because to me, I'm giving it to Brock Purdy. And I think it is absurd and ridiculous that we insist on calling Brock Purdy a system quarterback. Now, you've been the champion of the Brock Purdy fan club from last preseason. You were the first person that even mentioned his name. So kudos to you. I'm not saying Brock Purdy is Pat Mahomes or Josh Allen, but but this guy is more than just someone that's going along for the ride with a good team. You could not take Sam Darnold or you know Gardner Minshew or, or you know quarterback X, Y, or Z and put them into that offense and get these results. This kid has real legitimate talents. He's having a career year. He leads the league in touchdown passes. Maybe he's the fifth or sixth best quarterback in the league. But when you go out and you ball out like that on the field and you're the quarterback for a team that is nothing less than a wagon, I'm sorry, you deserve the MVP. I go Brock Purdy. You know, I I can't here's my here's my one gripe with with Brock Purdy. And and, and I trust me, I, I love the kid. I think he's great. Um, I have been a big fan of him for a while. The argument that I that I can't get over when it comes to saying Brock Purdy should be the MVP of the league is that I can't even definitively say that like he's the most important player on his own team. And I say that because I'm like, I, I like, you know, we've seen the 49ers if you know McCaffrey's out, if if Debo's out, if if Kittle's out, right? Like that it's just a completely different team, even when they still have Brock Purdy. So like, I look at that and I say, okay, we talk about the 49ers is like, they need to be healthy. They need to be healthy. Not like Brock Purdy needs to stay healthy. We talk about 
the 49ers team needs to stay healthy because how important some of those guys are. So I look at it and I'm like, I, I, I can't even convince myself that he's necessarily the most important guy on the team. Cause like, I don't like, I don't know. I feel like the, you could plug in some other quarterbacks and get some similar results if they were healthy with that defense, with those weapons, like with that coaching. So I don't know, maybe I'm wrong about that. Uh, but to me, I, I think he's excellent. I think he's been great for the 49ers, but I, I have a hard time calling him the MVP of the league. But couldn't you say that about a lot of the other MVP candidates this year? Like Jalen Hurts, is he the most important? Probably, but like, you know, what is he without AJ Brown and in, 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 in Parker? Um, what is, what is, uh, what, um, Smith, excuse me. What is, um, what is, what is Tua without Tyreek Hill? Like, I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. Tua sure. deserves a ton of credit too, but like, you could say about a lot of the MVP candidates this year that they are the beneficiary of good circumstances. The one guy that you could maybe say isn't that is Dak Prescott. And look how he looked yesterday, you know? Right. So like you can't say Dak Prescott is the MVP. I just think you could use that argument against any number of other of, of the top players in the league this year, at the end of the day, San Francisco is the best team and he's the quarterback. He's putting up MVP numbers. Is he a true MVP? Like Pat Mahomes was a few years ago or Brady in 2017? Maybe not, but I'm giving him the award this year. I really am. Yeah. I, it It's actually, it's tough because I, as I'm thinking about it, right. And, you know, even just to play devil's advocate to myself, it's like, I asked myself, well, if I didn't give it to Brock Purdy, who do you give it to, right? That's and, what I'm saying. And I just don't know of anybody that's making a strong enough case right now. Here's my, to your point about Dak, if Dak went into Buffalo last night and came out with, a, even if it was a close game, is if he just came out with a W, Right. Yeah, if they lost like 27, 24. Right, right. Or, or, it, I mean, they got embarrassed. Right. Yeah. They they got embarrassed. Like obviously you you know, it would have been really good for them if he could go in and win. But even if it was just a competitive game in Buffalo, I'd feel a little bit better about saying, like, mm, maybe like Dak is up there. But like, I don't know. I just I can't think of anybody. And and you know, I might I'm you know, tell me what you think, but if it wasn't Brock Purdy, I would almost even say I would have to go like non quarterback and pick Tyreek. Because I feel like Tyreek has been probably the most. Or, or how about Christian McCaffrey? Or, right? or a perfect example, Christian McCaffrey. So, like, but, I, but I'll give you my second, to be honest with you, because I thought about this too, and I, I mean, I, if I was gonna, if I, if I wasn't gonna give it to Brock Purdy, if I had a vote and I had to rank them, my second would actually be to a Tagovailoa, because I just feel like again, he's doing it on the field. With he's producing, he's 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 getting results. I know he's the beneficiary of having good players around him, but I don't know. Like, I I felt like the Dolphins had a huge statement game. What's the statement game of the week? Right, it's like our favorite phrase: statement game, statement game. Well, the statement game of the week last week was 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 my yesterday was Miami and doing what they did against a really good Jets defense without Tyreek Hill. And the statement to me is. The Tua Tagovailoa is a really good quarterback. He is, man. Like, look, Tua is a guy that I I got to give him credit. I didn't think he was a good quarterback when he came to the Neither league. Did I. I, I didn't think he was a franchise quarterback 
We said he was trash two years ago. I, I, and I genuinely felt that. And I, you know yeah. what? And we it, were wrong. It, it, I was wrong. I was so wrong about him. Um, I, I actually thought like the Tyreek Hill experiment was going to be like, like I, 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 I did. I did not have high hopes for anything. Like I just thought to a like Same I thought the, you know what I mean? Same I thought here. the Dolphins were were sinking all this time, money and resources into a kid who just didn't have the stuff. And now I especially once he fell into the injury problems last year, I was like, "Oh my god, I mean, come on." But uh but no, I I'm so wrong about him. Tua is definitely a franchise quarterback. He's been huge for that Dolphins team. Um I'm super happy that he's been able to stay healthy this year because that that's, you know, he's obviously been, a, yeah. you know, that, that was the biggest question mark I think on him. Um, but no, yeah, I, I, I gotta agree to the one thing again, you could, but even Tua, right. Like to play devil's advocate again with Tua, it's like, when is Miami going to go out and, and beat a team with a winning record? Right. You know, so, so, yeah, I look, so that's I look, a fair point. That's you know, a fair, that's a fair point. Maybe McCaffrey is a better candidate because I don't know, or, Jalen Hurts is a better candidate. You know, I mean, it trends from week to week, too. But you got to right. remember, there's three weeks le left in the year. You know, if Dak Prescott finishes with three strong weeks and they and they steal the number two seed, yeah. he's probably going to be the MVP. But right now, it's hard to say Dak because of what happened yesterday. So it moves from week to week. Yep. Um, but right now, that's where I would rank it. Um, I thought yesterday, Justin, speaking of Dallas and Buffalo, I thought Buffalo was the lock of the week, the lock of the season Yeah. Um, from a betting perspective. Um, they're currently the ninth seed in the AFC right now, but they're the hottest team in the AFC. And what I really think as I'm looking at that Buffalo Bills team is like, what a lost opportunity uh, this is going to be for the Buffalo Bills if they somehow don't make the playoffs this year. Because I see the AFC is wide open. I think Buffalo has as good a chance as anyone in the conference, if not the league, save for the San Francisco 49ers to win a Super Bowl. And right now they're sitting in the ninth seed in the AFC because why? Lost a few close games, bad injuries, missed opportunities. You know, you let Mac Jones do what he did to you. You, you blow um, a 12 minute on the field. You lose a game at home against Denver. You come out flat in the opening game against Zach Wilson and the Jets. You turn the ball over four times and you lose. What a waste of an opportunity for Buffalo this year if they don't make it. But if that team gets in the tournament, I, I really feel like they're as viable as anyone in the AFC. I agree completely. I mean, actually, even before yesterday's game, I, I threw a future on them to to win the Super Bowl just because the the value is is absolutely crazy right now. They, What'd they, you get on the odds? I got them at like plus like two thousand. Oh, I'm gonna do that. That's a great one. That's I, it, a great. Yeah, call. I mean, I mean, I'm sure it changed maybe after the 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 win yesterday. But I mean, you know, the the, the Buffalo Bills. It's so funny to look at them, like you said, in ninth place right now because it's like they are one of the most complete teams in football, let alone the AFC. Like that is a a good defense. That is a, a well-coached team with a good offense. They have a franchise quarterback who's super talented. They have skilled players that are super talented. Like their line play is good. I mean, Buffalo, for all intents and purposes, especially seeing, you know, the weakness in in, in Kansas City. Kansas City is looking very vulnerable. Um no Joe Burrow. Uh, you know, the, the, the Ravens have still haven't proven anything in the playoffs. Like, it's just like, to me, like the path is so clear for Buffalo. Yes. And it's not just that they won yesterday, but I think it was how they won. Right. right? Because 
I don't think they win games like that if Ken Dorsey is still the offensive coordinator. They they stuck to their running game. They didn't put it all on Josh Allen's shoulders. And so credit to the coaching staff and credit to Josh Allen. You know, Josh Allen only threw the ball 15 times yesterday. Yeah. He only completed seven passes. They ran the ball down Dallas's throat. When have we seen Buffalo win a game against a good team with Josh Allen doing less? yesterday right so that's the biggest most encouraging sign of all in my book is that they were able to win the game in a way that we have not seen buffalo win in a way that didn't put it all on josh allen to be superman and i think that bodes very well for 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 their postseason chances i do too yeah i i i really do i think honestly too if any in like this is a team now you know you always talk about you want teams entering the playoffs like playing their best football. You hope, if anything, the Bills just got their lull out of the way already, right? Like this is a yes. team now that seems like, okay, they got their, they got their, you know, their their scrub games out of the way. They got their down weeks out of the way. Um, they they've dealt with their midseason strife and turmoil. They've made like their adjustments. They fired their OC. And now it really feels like, especially after that win, that this is a team that can build some big momentum in these next couple yes, weeks. Yes, and look at the schedule coming up for both them and the Miami Dolphins. Justin, I'm going to call this right now. Buffalo is going to win the AFC East. They're going to go to Miami in the last week and beat Miami. Buffalo's next two games are against the Chargers and the Patriots, both, I believe, at home. They, they will win those two games. Yeah. Miami has Dallas and I want to say Baltimore coming up yeah. the next two weeks, right? They have two tough games mm-hmm. coming up. They're going to lose one of those two games. And that's going to put, if Buffalo wins their two games and Miami loses one of the next two games, that makes that final game in Miami in week 18 for the di- division. And I still believe in Buffalo more than I do Miami. Just being honest, Bills will win the AFC East last Sunday of the league. Mark it down. Yeah, I love that take. Um and I think right now, look, if you're if you're a better, if you're a sports fan, go on there, go on whatever you do right now and try to try to find some futures in the Bills because I think there's value there. I mean, we just said, you know, they're, they're still in ninth place for crying out loud. But I think this is the team that is really going to peak at the right time. We're seeing the Chiefs taking a little step back. We're seeing the Dolphins potentially maybe taking a little step back. We don't know how the season's going to play out. Um, it's ripe for the Bills right now, the AFC. It is absolutely the path. The path is there for them. There's no question about it. I just looked it up for the Dolphins too. Am they host the Cowboys? It's the battle of two teams that can't beat winning teams. By yes. the way, Cowboys. Someone has to yeah, win. Someone has to win. Yeah. Team. I'll take the Cowboys in that game, to be honest with you. And then they go to the Ravens, and I'm sorry, the Ravens in Baltimore. They're going to eat that Miami team alive. You can book that. Um, Okay, uh, are we going to see Aaron Rodgers this year, Justin? I guess he, he was cleared medically to play for yesterday. But obviously he didn't practice, so he didn't play. The Jets laid a goose egg against the Dolphins. That was an embarrassing performance, by the way. Are we going to actually see Aaron Rodgers play this year? Like, there's no – it's irrational. It's stupid. It's reckless to, to hurry back from an injury like he had. But I feel like Rodgers is kind of that guy that would want to do that just to prove he could. 
I mean, I, I feel like Rodgers does want to do it just to prove he could. But, like, if you're the Jets, there's no way on God's green earth that you let Aaron Rodgers see the field this year. I mean, this year is all but a done deal. Okay, you're looking at I, – I don't know if the Jets are mathematically eliminated. But if they're not, they're looking at, like, a 1% chance in a million different scenarios have to go right, um, including them winning out. Uh, I just – Look, I get it. It was a cool, you know, a new procedure, cutting edge. You know, he has a chance to to kind of make history, um, and and you know, set the tone for you know how people recover from that injury, and you know how people at his age bounce back, and and all that stuff. But like, you know what? It's just not worth it. Like, the Jets are a good team. They have a good foundation. They'll ha- still have a good foundation to be a good team next year. Make sure the guy that you invested the money and the assets into is at least healthy in, in, in able to, to, to play out his Jenny, just to play the other side of this though, just to play the other side of this. And I'm trying to like be, be reasonable and, you know, uh, fair in that he's going to be 40 years old next year. He's going to miss the whole season. Do you think they're, they're the, the rationale more than just like some blind machi, ma, you know, ma, machismo from Rogers might be just that, like, you know, you want to prove that you can still play on an NFL field like aren't there going to be questions around Aaron Rodgers going into next year with the Jets I don't know 40 years old um injury history now maybe he he wants to come out and show we can still do it this year I don't know I mean yeah look I think there's going to be questions regardless like if you're 40 or 41 next year coming off of uh you know uh, uh an Achilles injury or whatever it is I you know I, I think there's going to be questions regardless especially after you missed as much time as you did but but i don't know man i just think the the juice isn't worth the squeeze like you know if you told me hey re-injury risk is high it's not a smart career move but i mean darn it the jets are right in the thick of things and uh you know we're, we're willing to take that chance then i think it's a different story but for the jets to be in the position they're in right now in in for Rogers to do that, I think it's just it, it, the only thing it would be be doing is is serving like his ego in in his personal uh, you know reputation. That would definitely be a big part of it. There's absolutely no yeah. doubt. All right, Justin, uh, our our favorite coach Brandon Staley fired this week finally at long last. One of the more embarrassing games we've seen in recent NFL memory, uh, falling behind a stunning forty two to nothing. On Thursday night, I, I'm not sure I've ever seen that. That ha- it has to be some kind of record, by the way. Uh, I, I mean, 42 no- in nothing in a half, in a half. Has that ever happened before? You can I, tell. Yeah, I Go can't ahead. remember. I know. I was just gonna say. I was just gonna answer. I can't remember ever seeing that. I've never seen it, right? No. And you can tell when that team came to Foxborough, they kind of quit in, in that game. They they should have beat the Patriots. It was like the quit off. Both teams right. were just dead in the water. Um, but the Chargers certainly did not look like they were mentally or emotionally in a good place in that game. Um, now Staley's gone. My question is, is that a desirable job in Los Angeles? I mean, Justin Herbert to me is a classic coach killing player. He's talented. He's good enough to put up some big numbers. Doesn't really win. I say caveat emptor with that job to whoever takes it, whether it's Belichick or someone else. I, I don't know if Justin Herbert in the operation there is really as desirable as some people in the national media seem to say it is. Yeah. I, I I'm, I'm in agreement. I look at Justin Herbert. Like I think Justin Herbert is one of a few quarterbacks that are kind of skating by in the NFL right now with this reputation of being a top tier franchise quarterback that have really 
not done anything to deserve it in my eyes. Like, cool. You can, you can go out and be, and be flashy and throw for 400 yards in, in a game where it doesn't matter. Or you, or you can go out there um, and, and you can beat up on a, on a bad defense. Like that to me, like really doesn't mean, or you throw a pretty ball. You have the, you have the physical metrics, like cool. That to me doesn't really matter. Like I, I, I've consistently seen Justin Herbert, you know, come up short in, in big games that have a chance to really like define his like young career. Like I, I've seen him, um, you know, I, I, I've seen that team, blow a huge playoff lead like they did last year against the, the Jaguars when they finally did get their chance to shine in the playoffs. Like, you know, it, I, I think Justin Herbert's a talented kid, but I am not convinced he's a franchise quarterback. I'm not convinced. Um, he's a winner. He's. I'm not convinced he's a winner right. either. Not yeah. convinced he's a winner. Right, right. And so it's the thing, like, if you're a coach coming in and you're going to get your chance to, to take over a program, I mean, you could argue that it's almost better to to bring to have the opportunity to bring in your guy, your handpicked guy, than to take inherit someone else. You know, and I know, you know, obviously if you're inheriting Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen, that's one thing. But I don't think Herbert is really at that level. I think there's a lot of like red flags on him. And I, I think that if, you know, I really feel like because of that, the job might not be as desirable as as everyone seems to think it is it's just my two cents um justin are you ready to take the cleveland browns seriously after their win yesterday eight and five and um you know they're winning in a way that is, is kind of, like we said kind of antiquated but they are winning joe flacco threw for 300 yards you also threw three picks yesterday kind of a double-edged sword i don't know uh what to make of that browns team but i, I do i do think it's kind of a good story the Cleveland Browns, I you know, they're funny to me because th- this is a team that am I am I am I thinking they're contenders to win a Super Bowl? No, but I look at them and I say, look, do they have a chance to at least compete with any team on any given week? Yes, like they have one of the best defenses in the league. They're, they're they have a quarterback now who I I know you know you you just bring in Joe Flacco but like let's not forget like not only has Joe Flacco looked okay in the last couple of games but he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback he's been there he's done that so like you know I look at that team and I say I mean geez the the defense is good you know the the offense is 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 playing pretty well too they they got a quarterback who's who's been there and done it before um. They, they, I think, have just as good of a chance to make a splash as any of these mediocre teams that are kind of just, you know, I, I guess dominating the headlines. To me, to me, the Browns are are, are a good team, um, and I'd love to see them have to go into like Baltimore or something like that. Yeah, it would be an interesting matchup for sure. I mean, they're going to be an easy team to root for in the in the postseason, no question about it. Um, Trevor Lawrence, Justin, we talk about him all the time, but. What else do people need to see to show that this guy is just not a, a really a top level franchise quarterback? I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback, but I'm saying he's an average quarterback. His career QBR right now is 85. Baker Mayfield, by the way, has a better career quarterback rating than Trevor Lawrence by three points, 88 to 85. Um, continues to come up small in big games. Jaguars now have lost three games in a row. He fumbles. All the time, he turns the ball over all the time. He He's okay. I'm not saying he's terrible, but I'm just waiting for the national media to finally catch up and realize that Trevor Lawrence really isn't up to the hype. He's nothing special. 
Well, that's kind of exactly it. Like the reason why we consider Trevor Lawrence or most people consider Trevor Lawrence a, a franchise quarterback or, or, or um, you know, one of, one of the elite quarterbacks in the league is strictly because that's what they get told. That's what he gets labeled by the media. That's what he gets labeled by the pundits. I mean, you listen to, you know, some of these guys call his games or, you know, some of these guys reporting, doing the pregame, and they talk about him like it's Tom Brady. They talk about him like it's Peyton exactly. Manning. You know what exactly. I mean? And and, exactly. and and I hear I hear the I he has this reputation strictly because he's been given it. It has nothing to do with the fact that he's earned it. So it's I promissory greatness. Yes. It's because he's Trevor Lawrence, he will be great. Exactly. And and you ignore what you've seen the last three years. And we declare, we anoint him to be the next guy because he was the number one pick. Exactly. What, what, what? No, no, I was just going to say, we, we, you, you, you heard, not, not only did we hear about his number one pick, but we heard about him from his freshman year, Dennis. This was a kid that everybody had their targets set on for three, four years in the into the future when he came out of Clemson. You know what I mean? I remember being a Patriots fan thinking, oh, you know, or, or just or whoever gets Trevor Lawrence in a couple of years is going to be super lucky. Like that was his freshman year. So like this kid, I, I can't think of a quarterback that came into the league recently with more hype behind him than this kid. And the media is he's not the willing most to let him quarterback in a, in a decade. And that's yes. why, like I say, you know, caveat him tour with Caleb Williams, which I know we're on the same page at because you look at the Trevor Lawrence thing and this guy is nowhere near one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He's nowhere near what we were told that he was. And, you know, now you're, you're going through the same thing. And I think, I think in a sense, maybe this is why you see Williams dropping down a little bit from what people thought he was. Cause we've now seen so many times these guys come in and not live up to the hype at some point with Trevor Lawrence, Justin, he has to do it on the field. It's been three years. He has good talent around him. You can't blame urban Meyer anymore. He's got yep. a great coach. He's got good receivers. At some point, he has to just show it. If you keep having to make excuse after excuse after excuse, at some point, you have to point the finger on Trevor Lawrence, maybe just not being that good. Simple explanation. I agree. And the stats, the stats tell that tale. You know what I mean? It's not like the kids they just do. lighten it up and uh, the team's letting them down. Like this is a kid who he's just not performing. He's not winning games. He should win. Uh, he's not putting up stats. He should, he should be putting up. Um, and I, and I, and again, I just, it, I feel like for us, it's like, he doesn't pass the eye test at all, but nope. you know, it, w when the, the, the national media and the pundits are going to, you know, pick up on that as well. And, 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 you know, who knows, maybe they already I have. I think you're going to start to hear it now after, after three straight losses and not only the fact they lost, but the, the way that they've lost. Yeah. I really, I think, I think you're going to see the narrative start to change. People are going to start to catch on. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, it's about time. It, it the is, clock's it ticking for him. Time. All right, buddy. I think that's all we're going to do for around the league podcast today. We kind of went through fired off a few things in a pretty short amount of time, which I think is a, is a good way to do it. You have anything else you want to add to around the league podcast? No, man. Just, uh, again, just a, a couple more interesting weeks of football coming up. A lot of teams like fighting for those last couple of playoff spots, like a lot of like stories, you know, and narratives like still playing out. Um, and as always, even though the Patriots aren't really a part of it, it's still exciting when you, when you get down to uh, the end of football season. It, it is. And I love how they stagger the games. I mean, I think there's games on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday this week. So yep. that's, that's going to be great. There's going to be plenty of opportunities to watch 
football and um we want to just w- take a moment to wish everyone a happy holidays merry christmas hope you enjoyed this edition of the podcast and we'll catch you all on the uh, other side of the holiday have a great week everyone <laughs>